Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Writer's Advice. Now, before I introduce this week's guest, I have just a couple little things, a couple little, little exciting things to update you on. So the first one is the Writer's Advice membership, and this is through Patreon. So you can become a Writer's Advice member from as little as I think it ends up being about $1.30 a week and that way you get all the episodes in advance but you also get to know what authors are coming up and you can also add in little questions on the Writer's Advice um, Patreon as well for any questions that you particularly want to ask those authors. We've also got a book club option. So if you want to receive a book every eight weeks and you're more than welcome to join our book club, it's so much fun. And then we've also got another option where you also get to have a private conversation and join our private chat with the author of the book that you receive. So, so many exciting options to get involved and um, meet some new authors, read some new books, or just become a part of our private club and get all the episodes in advance. That is there. You can just head to my website, oliviahillia.com, to follow the link there. And I have put that in the show notes. But something else that I'm very, very, very excited to tell you all is my first book is officially out on the 29th of July. And this is called Have We Met Before? So think romance. If you are a lover of romance, if you are a lover of Coco Miller's Cleopatra and Frankenstein, if you like something a little bit spicy, if you are a lover of Taylor Swift, Harry Styles, that kind of vibe, then this is the book for you that I highly, highly recommend. Um, If you want to check out more of what Have We Met Before is about, then you can head to my um, Instagram page and there is a link there on how to get the first two pages for free so you can have a little bit of a little bit of an insight if it's something that you might be interested in or I'll also put it in the link of this show notes as well um, for have we met before I am going to also be doing a podcast episode on the 29th to celebrate the launch so if you have any questions at all about my process of writing or how this book came to be, any other questions that we asked during the writer's advice um, episodes or anything particular that you want to know about the book, then please send them through to me. You can do this by um, filling out the contact form at oliviahillia.com or you can also just DM me on Instagram at oliviahilliaauthor. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your questions. And without further ado, Please welcome this week's episode, uh, this week's episode, this week's episode, but this week's guest. Writer's Advice is a point of connection, a dose of inspiration, and an insight into the creative process of the babes behind the books. I'm your host, Olivia Hillier. Each week, I'll be interviewing authors from around the globe on their creative process and how they got to where they are today and what it's really like inside the industry of publishing. So listen in, take notes, and I hope you walk away inspired, ready to take on the next level of your writing wherever you are in your journey. Welcome back, writers. Today's episode is a little bit different than the interviews that you've heard previously. Today, we don't have an author on, but we have Ricardo Fayette, who is the 
founder of Reedsy.com. Now, if you are a writer, no doubt you have come across Reedsy before. Reedsy is a all-in-one marketplace for everything you need to know, everyone you need to contact when it comes to writing. So I was very excited to be able to interview Ricardo and absolutely pick his brain on all the nits and gritties um, when it comes to writing and all the different random questions that you might have and not quite sure where to look for advice. Most of it should be found on Reedsy.com, but we go into a little bit in depth on particular products, especially when it comes to marketing your book. So this is really great episode when you're talking about book marketing um, or if you're looking at self-publishing and all the things that you need to look for um, and have ready if that is the path that you are deciding to go down with your creative endeavors. Now on this podcast, Because we're celebrating so many episodes, this is a competition that is going to run for the next two weeks. So for this episode and for next week's episode, you could be in the chance to win a copy of every single author's book that we have on the podcast so far, which is very exciting. You could have an absolute bundle of books rocking up to your door. All you have to do is... So pretty much put your details on oliviahillier.com slash podcast and then I will be choosing a random winner and all those books will be coming to your front doorstep if you are lucky enough to win. So make sure you head to that, click the link in the show notes, fill out your details and yeah, get in the chance to win. Also, if you liked this episode, um, please feel free to share it, like it, share it with your friends, um, write us a review. It really helps to share with more incredible writers as well. And share on Instagram, um, tag me at underscore Olivia Hillier um, on where you're listening to it, what you took from it. And yeah, until then, guys, enjoy this episode with Ricardo and I will be chatting to you guys next week. Welcome back, listeners. Today, I am so excited because we have the absolute guru of Reedsy with us today. We have Ricardo Fayette, who is one of the founders of Reedsy. And well, first of all, thanks for thanks for joining us, Ricardo. No, thanks for inviting me. Happy to be here. <laughs> so I'm sure that most of our listeners have seen Reedsy before. It's kind you're kind of hard to avoid, to be honest. It's like sorry. <laughs> Which is a great thing. It's a great thing. Anytime anyone Googles anything to do with writing or publishing or anything, you're just the absolute go-to in every sense of the word. So first of all, what I want to know how Reedsy came about and how you started this idea and and how it's grown from there. Yeah, so the Reedsy came about in 2014, um, and uh, the core idea of Reedsy is still the same today. It's uh, it's building a marketplace where authors would be able to hire uh, the very best publishing talent out there. So the kind of publishing talent that was reserved to traditional big publishing companies in the past, that has been going freelance more and more uh, in the in the past couple of decades, um, and really filtering through that talent and making top editors, proofreaders, copy editors, designers, uh, illustrators, uh, book marketers, website designers, literary translators, pretty much anyone you ever need to hire throughout your writing career, um, available in a very, very curated marketplace where we accept less than 5% of the freelancers who apply to be listed on it. Um, Wow, 
That's excellent. So that's that's still the core idea of Ruti. And then we created a bunch of content around it to help authors make uh, best use of the marketplace, uh, to help authors in earlier stages of writing, publishing a book, etc. cetera. Uh, but yeah, that's that's how Ruti started. Yeah, nice. And what made you want to create this? It, to start off, like, what made you want to create the marketplace for that? You just found a gap in the market? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. There's a bit of that. Uh, yeah, we came at it more from a reader perspective. Like, we're very early adopters of the digital formats. Um, yeah. And we started thinking, especially my co-founder, Emmanuel, started thinking around, like, how well for authors, right? you know e-readers chanting for authors uh and we started learning a little bit about self-publishing and uh, the question on self-publishing was like who does all the work that traditional publishers usually do you know who does the editing the proofreading cover design etc uh, and we learned that authors were kind of hiring editors here and there there were some companies that were doing this but we thought okay there's space here for a uh, for a specialized marketplace and uh yeah it's been going well since yeah, it's been, it's been going excellent and you've been helping so many people out. So with that, sorry, did you say 0.5% or about 5% about five that you were five, on About 5%, yeah. Yeah, awesome. And what does someone have to do to be accepted? So what, for instance, what would you, when you're looking for something like an editor, what do you think makes a good editor? Like what should people be looking for when they're looking for something like that? Yeah, so in general, we're looking for five plus years of experience across all, you know, across all our services. Uh, for editing, it's very competitive uh, because we get a ton of applications. And generally, um, in most cases, we're going to request traditional publishing experience. So either a literary agency or traditional publisher, uh, not necessarily one of the big five, but that's, you know, that's also a plus. Uh, and in some cases, we accept editors who work only uh, in a freelance capacity uh, within the authors directly, um, only if they've worked with big names. So if we, you know, I don't know, Mark Dawson's editor or Jonah Ben's editor, some, someone like that, then we'll, we'll accept them. But generally, these people have also worked in freelance capacity for traditional publishers. So it's, it's rare that we make exceptions. So we, we tend to look for editors who have worked for, the, for one traditional publisher at some point um, in the past. Yeah, excellent. And so... It's so firstly, anyone who does go to Readsy and they do need to hire, whether it's a book marketer, editor, and everything else that you've got on there, they can feel safe that they know that they are getting yeah. um, the absolute best service from that. But so you started out as a marketplace and then branched out into all the content and information that you put on there. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. What we figured out is uh, it, it's great to have a marketplace, uh, but since it's an a la carte marketplace, we're not selling packages. We're not trying, you know, to we're not selling a self-publishing dream or anything like that. Um, we kind of need authors to know what they're looking for when they come in, because uh, if they don't know the difference between developmental editing, copy editing, proofreading, for example, when they come in, um, maybe they're not going to contact editors because they don't know how to use the filters or they're going to contact editors, but they're going to lose time and they're going to make the editors lose time. So we figured out we need to create a bunch of content um, in order to educate authors to be able to really use the marketplace, know which service they're going to need at which time, what services make sense for them. Uh, if you're like, if you're going to, if you've written a children's book and you absolutely want it traditionally published, don't go looking for an illustrator because you're not going to need that. Right. Uh, but if you want to query a literary agent and you've queried 50 and you have no feedback so far, maybe it's time to hire a developmental editor to take a look at your book and query letter. 
So this kind of uh, this kind of advice to point authors in the right direction. Yeah. Yep. So say I'm a brand new author and I've had a bit of a Google and I've come across Readsy and I've, I've written my book. Um, what, what, I know that this is probably a really long answer, but, but just, um, just in the basics, where, where would you recommend that someone looks for next? And what is kind of the process that you think that authors, um, should go down when they're looking for where, what do I do next essentially? Yeah, if you're in the early stages, um, we usually what I recommend is take a look at our selection of free courses. Uh, so we've got a program called Readsy Learning. It's free 10-day courses that are delivered by email. Uh, it's written content, uh, relatively short, so it's five minutes a day. And you can learn about like specific topics. So we've got very one-on-one courses on like how to self-publish a book, self-publishing versus traditional publishing. So if you don't know anything about that, I would start there. Uh, we've got a bunch of courses on craft. So if, if you want to improve your craft, we've got courses on that as well. Um, and then if you want to deep dive into a particular publishing or marketing topic, then we've got specific courses on, you know, um, how to make the, the most of Kobo, how to price your book for international audience, uh, courses on Amazon ads, Amazon algorithms, Facebook ads, etc. cetera. Um, so I think that's a great way to gather knowledge uh, without it uh, impeding on your writing time, basically. Yeah, hundred percent. You've got it all there in the in the one place to um, find out. So, what what are the what's the common thing that you see authors coming to you for? What is like the common question that you find people are needing help with um, along the, the book creating journey, or you know, when it comes to marketing, etc. I think editing is the number one thing uh, that authors yep. come to us for um, because I think everyone by now knows that they need an editor. Uh, that they should hire an editor, you know, especially in the early stages uh, or several. Uh, I think that message really sunk in. Um, (laughs) I wish the message around cover design had sunk in a little bit more. Yeah. uh, Because I still see too many authors creating their own covers because, you know, they're creative, so they can create anything. Uh, And and yeah, uh, but we're seeing obviously more and more people coming to us for cover design. It's true that there are also a bunch of other resources out there for cover design. and we're seeing more and more people coming to us for marketing as well. Um, that's a tougher one because no one's going to do your marketing for you. That's what I always tell authors. Uh, so it's, if, if, you, if you basically contact marketers on Ritzy or anywhere telling them, uh, here's my book, it's not selling well, just market it for me. And maybe I'll give you a percentage of sales or whatever. That's never, no one's going to help you with that. Uh, so you first need to know what, what you're hiring a, marketing, a marketer for. Could be for a one-hour consultation just to brush up on your knowledge it could be to like help prep a marketing plan for your next release it could be to take over your ads that's possible but that's expensive uh, and you already need to have like a book that's doing or a series that's doing relatively well with advertising so you need to have a foundation a little bit of marketing knowledge uh, before you hire someone to be hands-on with your marketing else it's worth it hiring them to give you advice uh, and uh, and direction yeah, absolutely. What are three things that you definitely recommend that should be part of any book marketing plan? Um, so the first thing, first thing is a big one. It's like polishing the retailer pages. Uh, and that involves a bunch of things. Uh, that's the getting the cover right, uh, not only professionally designed, but um, matching genre expectations within mm-hmm. the right audience designed by a, a designer who has experience in that genre. 
and getting the, the blurb, the product description right, uh, also super important. Generally, authors should write them themselves, but there are copywriters out there who can do it for you as well. There are a few copywriters on Readsy. Uh, making sure you have a plan for reviews at launch. Uh, so basically, anything that's going to show up on, on those retailer pages, uh, make sure it's the best you can. And we have a ton of resources on every single one of these aspects on Readsy. So if, as you said, if you Google like, uh, cover design or like Amazon product description or Amazon editorial reviews, how to get Amazon reviews, et cetera, uh, you're going to find advice. Um, that's the first thing. Second thing is probably building a mailing list. That's not necessary mm -hmm. for the launch, but like in order to make the most of the launch in the future, be able to capture all those early readers who, who read your first book, finish it and enjoy it. Make sure that they have uh, a place where you can kind of capture them and stay in touch with them. Um, and a third one, <laughs> a third one would be to write the next book, probably. Uh, if if the if the first one did well, even if it didn't, yeah, it's really 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 hard to make a living if that's your goal on one book. If not, mm -hmm. say impossible, unless you have a business behind that and it's not fiction. It's kind of a different animal. Um, but if you're writing fiction, write the next book. Uh, plan a series, uh, then plan a universe to group series together. Uh, make sure that. Make sure that there are very, very simple gateways from one book to another uh, so that a reader who starts reading one of your books um, is then enticed to read all of them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's creating the whole brand around what you're trying to do, right, and, and keep it going for you, especially if you want to make it a full-time income. What do you think is some of the... Um, just some of the little mistakes or things that you see that people miss when it comes to uh, marketing and putting their, their book out there? Anything related to the retailer page, um, these are super common and very, very custom mistakes um, because I think a lot of authors focus on like, okay, I've got this great book. Uh, I got to get as many eyeballs on it as possible. Um, and getting eyeballs is relatively easy uh, or is easier than people might think. Uh, a lot of times people say, ah, oh, it's the marketing. Like, I don't know how to do it. But like, if, if you drop your price, you run a few ads or you, do a price promotion side, you're going to get eyeballs on your book. Um, the, hard, the hard thing is converting those eyeballs into people who actually buy the book, you know, even at a lower price point because there's a lot of competition. Uh, and that's where the retailer page comes in. So I see a lot, I see tons of problems around covers. Uh, sometimes they're beautiful, but they just don't match the genre. Uh, so they don't attract the right readers. Uh, I see a ton of issues around uh, product descriptions. Um, also boats are huge ones uh, for Amazon that people often don't think about. Uh, maybe in the beginning, they market their book to the wrong audience or they do a big press promo that's very wide with a huge promo site that doesn't have a curated list. So they start getting maybe readers of a bunch of different genres who buy the book. Uh, and then that populates the also boats for Amazon. And that tells Amazon this book is maybe, you know, this book is a psychological thriller when in, in fact it's, you know, cowboy romance, uh, and then you're screwed because Amazon's going to start marketing your cowboy romance to psychological thriller readers. They're not going to buy it, and Amazon's going to say, I'm going to stop marketing this book now because clearly no one's interested in it. So also books is a big one. Um, and then reviews, but reviews are a little bit more, more apparent because if you don't have reviews, then you know you don't have reviews. But if your also books are messed up, a lot of authors won't figure that out. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love how you spoke about the cover because really we do judge books by its cover and if yeah. you're if you're a creative and you're an author and you have this great idea for a cover but it is not part of 
it's not the set genre cover that people expect, then people aren't going to look at it and go looking for that. So yeah, I think that's um, a really important one that you brought up. What what's Do you have some little like insider tips or hints of that you've seen people do that take something really good to great to, to help them find their, their audience or build their brand? I think, so the ones who manage to find their, uh, their audience best are those who do a lot of research on the market. Mm-hmm. And that's where I see really the authors who, you know, who earn the most out there or who seem more, most professional or really able to connect with readers um, before, like before they start writing uh, the book, the next book, they really do a deep dive into the genre and the categories and comps uh, where they're going to write. So if I'm going to enter, I don't know. I know that I want to write urban fantasy. Okay, there are a bunch of subgenres in there. So I'm going to do a lot, a lot of research. There's Klytics that does great reports um, yeah. on, on a bunch of genres. So I definitely like recommend if you're going to write in a new genre, download the, the related Klytics report, do a deep dive in there, pick your, sub, your niche within that genre, and then read a ton of books. See how they're plotted, uh, what kind of characters they have, uh, how the series are plotted, what the big tropes are in there. Uh, and try to I guess what's appealing to authors in, in that genre. And then obviously don't write identical books, but write a book that's unique in your voice, uh, maybe with some little twists here and there, but that matches all the tropes, you know, that hits all the buttons of what readers want to see in that genre. And oftentimes doing that is enough to create a book that readers are going to love. You don't need to be incredibly unique or like create a whole new genre uh, that's a lot riskier from a, from a marketing and business perspective. Uh, so I think these are basically authors who put a ton of time into uh, researching the market and plotting their whole series, plotting their books, and then they write very fast. They're super, uh, super productive or they dictate, uh, but most of the time goes into the research before. Yeah, absolutely. Um, or even if you have written something and then go into the research after before launching and making sure that you know exactly exactly, um exactly where it fits so that's excellent um is there any other particular advice or just general insights um when it comes to ads like and particularly maybe say something like amazon ads what what specifically um can you can you get it give a little hint for our readers to get to get them correct yeah, so first thing for ads is like naming those retailer pages because, uh, again, you don't want to send traffic to something that's not going to convert at its maximum capacity. Um, once you've got that, then um, test. Uh, ads is all about testing. Um, some platforms are more analytical than others. Amazon is by far the most analytical because there's nothing creative about Amazon ads. Yeah. You, don't, you don't even have to write copy anymore for, for the ads. Uh, Amazon creates the copy for you like with, uh, with standard, um, standard ads, standard campaigns. So it's all about like finding keywords. Um, I think the key is like finding keywords and products to target that are very related to your book. Uh, a few years ago, the advice was like find as many keywords as possible whatever their relevance and just like throw them in there and see what sticks. I think now it's a lot harder to do that and it's very expensive to do that. Uh, yeah. So instead you need to, you need to find 
You need to go after, you know, also boats, uh, top sellers in your category, books with similar covers in your category, very close comp authors, etc. cetera. Uh, start with those and then see what works and then iterate. Uh, and then I'll do a lot of data crunching based on bids, like how high should be my bid or how low in order for me to break even on this keyword. Um, yeah, I'm writing a book right now on Amazon ads and it's very, it's very dry. It's very mathematical. Uh, so it's hard to put a lot of fun and creativity into those. Uh, so if, if you want to have more, yeah, if you're more of a creative person or you, you hate data, maybe Facebook or BookBubbats are going to be a better uh, platform because there you can experiment with images, you know, copy. Uh, it also requires to be analytical in order to analyze the results, but at least you have that kind of creative side of like, uh, I'm going to create a bunch of different images and videos uh, and uh, and test them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And is there anything, obviously, once again, I like how you said you you put it with what people are best at. If if you are being more creative, maybe that is a better platform for you. But do you see better um, engagement from any particular platforms at all when it comes to ads? I guess this changes a lot comparing on, on what's happening, but. I think it changes from author to author uh, based on the author's affinities with the ad platforms. Yeah. Um, I, if you ask me personally, um, I've had more success with Amazon ads and Facebook ads. Uh, with some books, was better on Facebook. Some others better on Amazon. Um, for example, Romance has, in my experience, really well on Facebook and is extremely expensive on Amazon. Uh, which is not to say you can't have success on Amazon. If you can afford to bid high because you've got a long series and great read through, then uh, it, you can you can do very well in there as well. Um, but and I've never had success with book of ads, but I know other authors who've had like who have eighteen percent CTR in book of ads and like power all the launches uh, or pro or price promos with book of ads and do super well with those. So it's, it's kind of, uh, it's up to you to find which ad platform you have more affinity for. And I think uh, that personal affinity with the ad platform trumps everything else. It trumps uh, whether that platform is supposedly better for your genre or your book or your demographic or whatever. There are demographics in every ad platform. You can reach any kind of reader on Amazon, on Facebook, Instagram, and on BookBub. Um, so don't say, okay, my friend who writes urban fantasy as well um, does really well on Facebook and not on Amazon. So I'm just going to do Facebook. Mm. If you're like her, uh, maybe that's going to work better for you as well. But maybe if you're more analytical and hate creating images, then maybe Amazon's going to be better for you. So it, it depends a lot more on that affinity uh, with the ad platform, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So true. And does Amazon's how often do you recommend people say something's working really well for you and all, all of a sudden it doesn't like how often does does Amazon's algorithm change a lot? Is that something people should keep on top of? Or uh, it's it's a algorithm is thorny subject because there's there's a ton of algorithms on Amazon, uh, and oftentimes people say, ah, the Amazon algorithms to talk about it what, one specific one or just like a magic black box <laughs> that would supposedly change. Um, the big ones don't often change. Like the generally a lot of times talk about the, the bestseller algorithm, right? Um, that one doesn't change or almost never changes or the changes that happen to it are very small. Sometimes there's bugs. In January, February of this year, there was a basically a bug that was delaying rank. Uh, so if you got 100 sales in a day, your book wouldn't budge. 
uh, but maybe it would budge three days later or two or three days later. That bug got fixed, so that can happen. Uh, it's not an algorithm change. Where Amazon usually experiments with changes is on other algorithms like the popularity lists. Um, that is more more of a search algorithm kind of, and also powers Kindle limited uh, recommendations. And that's a that's not a visible algorithm because you don't really. It's hard to see your rank in the popularity list, mm. whereas your rank in the bestseller list is like advertised. It's clearly written on every product page. Um, so if they make changes, they're harder to see and they're harder to notice. Um, I think overall it hasn't changed that much in the past two, three years. Um, yeah. The same things kind of still work, you know, especially if, if you're in Kindle Unlimited, uh, big, long price promotions are going to uh, get your rank up in the popularity list and then drive a wave of Kindle Unlimited recommendations. Um, that still works. Um, so I don't think, I think Amazon changes its algorithms a lot less often than, uh, than authors make them too. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And are you seeing a rise in other pl- um, platforms as well, like TikTok ads and things like that? Is that starting to become a little bit more of a thing in the publishing industry? It is. I mean, I've heard, uh, <laughs> I've heard a lot of uh, marketers and traditional publishers who experiment with TikTok ads because I think they're excited about any new uh, marketing platform available that's not Facebook or Amazon, which they probably hate. Um, I think TikTok is a great place for organic visibility still right mm. now. Uh, yeah. So if you like, if you love creating videos uh, and you like the platform as, as a user, uh, if you enjoy TikTok, then that's a great place to kind of get started. Again, I think you can reach any demographic on TikTok. Like I have a, I have a friend of mine who writes um, Paranormal Cozy Mysteries uh, and her audience, obviously, probably older women, like uh, 60 plus, and she's still on TikTok and she's doing super well. So again, it goes to say you can find any kind of demographic on any platform uh, nowadays. There's, probably, there's a billion users on TikTok. Yeah. Um, so, so that's not a problem. The problem is like you enjoying the, the platform. In terms of TikTok ads, I haven't experimented with it. What I've heard is that they're still a little bit new and wonky. Uh, yeah. so I'd say TikTok is better for organic visibility right now, which, you know, is free. It's Good. just a question of time invested, uh, rather than, um, advertising. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. I'm going to, um, finish up with a couple of just rapid fire questions. <laughs> if That's okay. Just, no problem. just rapid fire to get through. Um, so I'm just going to ask one question on the process of writing in each, um, section. So when it comes to, so say I've just written my book, um, I've, I've got my editor, um, we're working through edits. What's one piece of advice or one thing that you can give when it comes to finding an editor that you, that suits you best or, um, on how best to work with one essentially? Uh, yeah, first, um, do a lot of research on what they've worked on in the past. So on Ritzy, you can filter by genre and you can also filter by keyword. Uh, so if your genre is like very broad, um, let's say you've written vampire fantasy, for example, you can filter for vampire fantasy, but select fantasy and then you add vampire as in as a keyword. Um, and so make sure that they've worked on a couple of books that are in your very specific niche mm-hmm. so that they know what that niche looks like. Um, and then get a quote from at least, I'd say two or three or get contact, get in contact with at least two or three so that you can see how they get back to you, you know, with, with what kind, what level of interest they get back to you. 
uh, what their um, booking, booking times look like. A lot of editors are booked, you know, a few months in advance. Um, and then if you can, this is not necessary for developmental editing, but for copy editing and proofreading, you cannot, you can ask for samples. That's always a good thing uh, yeah. to get something to, to compare. Um, and then working with one, it's all about, you know, usual advice for collaboration, be very communicative, uh, explain, like, be sure that you know what they're going to do, what kind of edits they're going to perform, how, whether it's track changes, where, um, and what kind of file they're going to deliver, what they're not going to do, you know, if it's developmental editing, they're not going to touch things like grammar, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, um, communication, being clear on, on goals and deliverables. Perfect. Awesome. So we've edited our book and we found also an awesome um, cover creator, a copywriter for blurbs, etc. And we've also decided to self-publish from um, Reedsy. How, um, who do, who do, um, how do you find, who do you choose to go with when it comes to self-publishing? Do you recommend Kindle's always number one or, you know, getting print out there or Audible? Um, what do you find is most successful that way? So the most successful launch strategy in terms of formats is launching all formats at once. Yeah. Uh, so ebook, audio and print. Obviously that is expensive and requires a lot of patience because the audio takes several weeks or months to be completed. And it's very expensive. Uh, so that's a tactic that publishers use and that some authors are starting to use uh, because it does help in terms of visibility. If it's your first book, you probably don't want to do the audiobook right away. Uh, you, maybe you want to make your money back on your uh, ebook and print investment first. Um, so I would definitely launch ebook and print at the same time. There's yeah. a zero reason not to. Uh, I would definitely go with KDP for anything related to Amazon. So KDP for ebook distribution to Amazon and KDP print for uh, print distribution to Amazon. Uh, then I would go with Drafted Digital for any other um, ebook retailer. Yeah. Uh, and finally, in terms of like expanded print distribution, if you really want to get into bookstores, um, then you'll, you'll need to use Ingram Spark. Uh, or potentially the draft to digital print beta uh, that is still in beta, so can comment on it. Um, or if you don't really care about being in brick and mortar or bookstores, uh, use Amazon for expanded distribution. You're not going to make a ton of money on those, but you're not. You won't have to go through the process of Ingram Spark, which can be a little bit uh, painful and long uh, in some cases. Uh, so yeah, that's it. KDP for anything related to Amazon, then draft to digital to go wide on the ebook side and Ingram Spark to go wide on the print side. Perfect. And then I've taken all your amazing advice on all the ads that you've just shared and, and I'm on my specific platforms. What else, as a, yeah, as a last question, what else do you recommend for authors um, when it comes to building their brand or getting themselves out there? Um. Building their mailing list. Uh, I think I mentioned that as one of the three things you got to do. Um, and I think the best way to do that, to achieve that, is like have that reader magnet. Mm -hmm. uh, so that little free something that you give uh, people to entice them to sign up to your mailing list. Um, and if you really want to be a pro at this, is to have several reader magnets. Um, so I've heard, for example, a fancy, epic fantasy author. He had bonus epilogues for every single one of his books. 
Um, so at the end of the book, he said, if you want to get the bonus epilogue, sign up to my newsletter. And that way he maximized the number of people who joined his newsletter because maybe, you know, someone read book one, they liked it, but not enough to like want the extra epilogue, but then they got into book two and they loved it and they wanted the extra epilogue, so they got it. And at, at the same time, it, um, it allowed him to uh, segment his newsletter because he knew exactly, okay, this subscriber uh, has downloaded the bonus epilogue for book four. So he's read until book four. Uh, so I, if, if book five comes out, I can send him an email about it. Or if I have something related to book four or whatever, I can send him an email about it. So it gave him very, very specific uh, insights into the readers uh, in his newsletter, which I found really, really uh, interesting. Wow, that's awesome. That's excellent. Thank you so much for joining us today. I highly recommend everyone jump. Well, they're going to jump on there every time they Google or anyway, reads will be pop up. But um, yes, you do have great short courses. Um, I actually didn't know that it was you only accepted the top 5% of um, all your professionals that you've got on there. So um, you can find an absolute directory of anything that you need when it comes to um, book writing. But you've also got lists of all the publishers, even like literary agents compared for, for different um, yeah. genres and everything is on there. Um, or if you want to self-publish or you are getting into the marketing side of things, that's all on there as well. So thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so glad that I have all this information to share with all our listeners and go from there. Thank you, Ricardo. Thanks for having me.